Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the September 2018 quiz. Ten incredible cases, ten cases that I've chosen just for you. So without any further ado, let's get started. This is an interesting case. Patient has hypoglycemia. I'm asking for the best diagnosis. I'm showing you an axial image, and then I'm showing you a cinematic rendering. You can see in the body of the pancreas, there's about a two and a half centimeter hypervascular lesion. There's no dilated pancreatic duct, there's no liver lesions, there's nothing else. Okay, what could this be? Well, when you have hypervascular pancreatic lesions, I'm always thinking about a neuroendocrine tumor. If the patient had a nephrectomy for a renal cell carcinoma years before, you could think about a renal cell carcinoma. But metastatic to pancreas, but that's about it. So I asked the best diagnosis. Adenocarcinoma is typically hypodense. Neuroendocrine tumor, that in fact is the right answer. But I said the patient hypoglycemia. Remember with neuroendocrine tumors, there's functioning and hyperfunctioning. This patient had an insulinoma, which was hyperfunctioning. And so the correct diagnosis is an insulinoma. And in terms of metastasis, renal cell carcinoma, you see two functioning kidneys. So this is a beautiful case, also showing you the value of cinematic rendering. This patient was a potential renal donor, and what's the best diagnosis? Again, two sets of images, cinematic rendering, Beautiful example of a classic horseshoe kidney, multiple renal arteries, image on your left, arterial phase, excretory phase showing the collecting systems. You can see the isthmus. Patients who have um, horseshoe kidneys are typically not going to be eligible to be donors. A very nice example of showing you some of the post-processing and showing you some really nice images with um, cinematic rendering. This is not a cross renal ectopia. Then you have two kidneys on one side, kind of fused together. It's not a dysplastic kidney, and there's no evidence of a renal cell carcinoma. In this case, I'm asking you for the most likely diagnosis. So let's look at the images. We have arterial and venous phase imaging. There are markedly hypervascular lesions in the patient's liver, okay? We can think of neuroendocrine tumors. We can think about renal cell. We can think about multifocal hepatoma. But then you also see a large mass in the tail of the pancreas, which is hypervascular. When you look at the two things together, that's classic for a neuroendocrine tumor, tail of pancreas with liver metastasis. Just a beautiful example. It's not metastatic renal cell. It's not a hepatoma. If I only had the liver, a hepatoma would indeed be a possibility paragangliomas or extraadrenal pheochromocytomas. They at times can metastasize, but they're not going to liver and to pancreas. Just a beautiful case study. In this case, the patient has abdominal pain and weight loss, and I asked you for the best diagnosis. This is an easy case. I just wanted to give you a CT with a PET-CT correlation. There's an obvious mass in the junction of body and tail of pancreas, hyper-intense hyper on the PET scan, this is classic for pancreatic adenocarcinoma. Could it be lymphoma? I guess it could be, but lymphoma usually is more infiltrating in the pancreas. It's not pancreatitis, it's a focal lesion, and it's not a neuroendocrine tumor, which typically would be hypervascular. So just a beautiful example of pancreatic adenocarcinoma on CT and on the PET scan. Just a really nice study. This patient with pancreatic cancer developed renal failure, and 
The question was why? Well, it was felt that this patient had paraneoplastic syndrome. So I ask you, what CT findings important? Well, I don't see a renal mass. I don't see contrast-induced nephropathy. You could think about it, but the kidneys seem to have good cortical medullary differentiation. So that's now what I'm thinking. Metastatic disease, I don't see metastasis. I see a mass in the head of the pancreas with a stent in place, but you see left renal vein thrombosis. Sometimes patients with paraneoplastic syndrome have a hypocoagulability state and can develop uh, these complications like, like renal vein, thrombosis, portal vein thrombosis, IVC thrombosis. This patient eventually developed renal failure because of the paraneoplastic syndrome. Just a very nice example. This is a 60-year-old patient, and I asked for the best diagnosis. You can see there's a mass in the tail of the pancreas, faint calcifications, and cystic. It really doesn't look like an adenocarcinoma. MCN's a possibility based on age, but they're usually in the body of the pancreas and they don't have those calcifications. Neuroendocrine tumors can be cystic, but when they're cystic, usually they have an enhancing rim. This doesn't. This is more typical for an IPMN. And in this case, you see septations and the calcifications. The calcifications are not uncommon in IPMNs, but the septations and the thickening of the septations is concerning. And this patient had an IPMN with high-grade dysplasia. This is a nice example of bilateral adrenal lesions. They're large. You can see from the cinematic rendering the texture solid, necrotic. These are not fatty tumors like myelolipomas. These are not adenomas, low density. These are not simple cysts. This is not hemorrhage. This is not hyperplasia. This is classic metastasis. Yes, I know metastatic colon to adrenal is rare, but it does happen. Just a wonderful, wonderful example. This is a great case, and this is where I think experience helps. This patient was referred for resection of an adrenal carcinoma. Remember, primary adrenal carcinomas are rare. If you look at this case on arterial and venous phase imaging, there's at best minimal enhancement. The lesion's smooth, and I can understand a little bit why you might think on the axials of an adrenal mass, but if you look hard, medial to the mass are normal adrenal glands. If you look at the relationship of the mass on both the axial and coronal, you recognize that the mass is related most to stomach, and this is the classic pattern of a gastric gist tumor. Now remember, we've often made the point that at times in the left upper quadrant, particularly with larger masses, it's hard to tell whether it's pancreatic primary, like maybe a SPEN or adrenal hemorrhage or an adrenal carcinoma, or even a gastric mass or a splenic mass or a retroperitoneal mass. Sometimes things are very, very hard with larger masses. Post-processing does help. The 3Ds were very helpful in this case, though unfortunately I cannot show you many of them. I also did cinematic rendering, which was indeed very helpful. This patient has myonecrosis, and I asked you what's the best diagnosis of the kidneys. Well, let's look at the images. You see the patient has a good arterial injection, but you don't see any cortical medullary differentiation in the kidneys. And then you look at the coronals, and basically the kidneys are essentially flat. You know, there's a little bit of enhancement in vessels, but there's no enhancement of the, uh, the kidney itself. 
And that's not the appearance of polyarthritis. Then you see wedge-shaped defects. It's not too early. On the early phase arterial, you always see good cortical medullary differentiation. Infarcts tend to be wedge-shaped. You can have global infarction with as little of any enhancement, but bilateral global infarction I've never seen. But this is acute renal failure. Patients with myositis get uh, myoglobinuria, and they can develop, due to tubular obstruction, acute renal failure, which indeed was the case in this patient. Just a wonderful example. This case very nicely, right lower quadrant pain, best diagnosis. When you look at the MIP images, you're seeing a mass maybe two centimeters in the right lower quadrant in the mesentery. You then see a one centimeter lesion in the terminal ileum that's hypervascular. You see some prominent vessels. This is not the appearance of the appendicitis. I don't see a dilated appendix. It's not ischemic bowel. The vascular lesion uh, would not, uh, does not look like ischemic bowel. And with ischemic bowel, you see hyperemia. Carcinoid tumor, we'll come back to that in a moment. Crohn's disease, doesn't explain the vascular small bowel tumor, doesn't explain the mesenteric findings, or maybe explains it a little bit, but you don't see any of the stricturing with Crohn's. But carcinoid, mass, terminal ileum, desmoplastic reaction, mass and mesentery, beautiful example of a carcinoid tumor of the small bowel. That was how we diagnosed it accidentally. So, so those are 10 terrific cases. I gave a number of cases with examples of cinematic rendering. I thought that would be of some interest to you and in how we use cinematic to supplement classic imaging. And with that, I hope September is a terrific month. And as the, uh, what was it, the token sang that song, see you in September. I'll see you in September by the end of the week. Catch you later. Bye.